We'll grab your Bibles tonight. We're going to be in Luke chapter number 16. We are in a series on Sunday night on the sufferings of Jesus, and uh, we'll be back in that next Sunday. Well, not next Sunday. Next Sunday night, we don't have services because it's the conclusion of our missions conference, but the Sunday after that, we'll be back in our series on the sufferings of Jesus. But tonight, I want to preach a message I've entitled, A Message from Hell, out of Luke chapter number 16 here. We're going to begin reading with verse 19 tonight, and if you found your place there and you're physically able to stand, let's stand together out of respect for the reading of the Word of God. Luke 16, we'll begin reading with verse number 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom." And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, There is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. And he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went up to them from death, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. A chilling, chilling account here in Luke chapter number 16. One that, by the way, is not mentioned in churches to a great degree in the United States of America. But tonight, we are going to go through this passage of Scripture, and we're going to learn about a message from hell tonight. So let's pray and ask God to prepare our heart for His Word. Lord, we're thankful for the opportunity, again, that we have to gather around Your Word of truth. And I pray tonight that You would stir our heart. This is a very stirring passage of Scripture. It can be very difficult to process. But Lord, I pray that with the help of Your Spirit, that you would indeed stir our heart to have a passion and a compassion to share with the lost their need for salvation. That, Lord, as we prepare for this wonderful missions conference that you have before us, that our hearts would already be tendered to wanting to reach the untold millions with this message of hope, forgiveness, and life. Lord, help us to be messengers of your truth. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As we look at this passage of Scripture tonight, we see really something that we don't like to mention a whole lot in our world today. A lot of people don't like to talk about hell. In fact, 
when we talk about hell, a lot of people have a misconception about hell. They don't truly have an understanding that this is a place that truly exists, that's actually mentioned in Scripture, and that is somewhere that people will go if they do not know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And so tonight, as we look at this passage, I want for us to connect with this truth and hopefully, in many ways tonight, have it stir our mind and heart to be very active as messengers of God concerning the salvation that people need. So tonight, as we look at this passage, I first of all want us to see the first point of this message from hell. And the first point of this message from hell is this, hell is real. Hell is a real place. Now, it's interesting. I'm told in 2017, there was a Pew review of a bunch of information that was tallied and brought together concerning a poll of whether people believed that hell was a real place. And I was shocked to actually see that the number was higher than I thought it was going to be. The number was well over 60%. I think it was somewhere around 65% of American Christians, or Americans in total, I think it was, actually believed that heaven and hell are real places. But then when you dig into the numbers to find out what people actually believe about hell, you find that what they believe about hell does not match up with what the Bible teaches about hell. You see, a predominance of people, while they would believe there's a hell, believe that hell really is more of an allegory. It's something that exists here on earth. There are pockets of hell that we might go through as we live this life. In fact, you'll hear many people talk about how they've gone through hell or they've gone to hell and back. And this is many times people's conception of what hell really is. You know, we promote hell in our culture today as somewhere that the devil lives and he runs around in a red leotard with horns on his head and a pointy tail and a pitchfork. And we get this idea that that's who Satan is and we get the idea that hell is kind of his place he kind of keeps up and down there there's a bunch of parties that go on and there's a bunch of card tables set up and we're going to go and gamble and have a lot of fun in a hot place called hell. And for many people, this is their concept of the reality of hell. But we find in our passage of Scripture that we read this evening that hell is a real place and that hell is taught about in Scripture. Notice as we read here again in Luke chapter number 16, and I want to turn your attention here to verse number 23. And in hell, the rich man lifted up his eyes. You see, this was a place that somebody actually went to. And this rich man being in hell now is going to become one of the primary prophets of New Testament Scripture desiring to get the word about hell out to others so that they don't go there as well. In fact, we saw at the end of our passage, we see this rich man saying, hey, send a missionary, send somebody to tell my five brothers about this place so that they will not come here along with me. You see, it's a real place. It's talked about many times in Scripture. Jesus preaches about hell. The New Testament authors write about hell. We find in the book of Revelation that death and hell, a real place, will be cast into another real place 
the lake of fire where for all eternity man will face the judgment of rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. I want you to know tonight, hell is not an allegory. I want you to know tonight, hell is not a cartoon. I want you to know something tonight. Hell is not a fable. I want you to know something tonight. Hell is not a fairy tale. Hell is a real place that people go to when they reject the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. But people struggle with that because hell sounds hateful. Hell sounds like a manifestation of some person's anger or hate. But I want you to know what it really is. Hell is a place of judgment that was created for the rebellious devil himself and his angels. Can I tell you something? Hell was never originally created for mankind. It never was. You'll find in Scripture, and we don't have time to dig into all the reference points tonight, but you'll find in Scripture that an angel, a very powerful angel in heaven, one of the mightiest angels in charge of many things in heaven, got filled full of pride. His name was Lucifer. And he said, I will ascend above the Most High. I will place myself above God. And he pulled away from God. And he took a third of the other angelic beings with him. And God removed him from his place in heaven and cast him to the earth and created a place called hell for the devil and for his angels. Where, by the way, there are evil demons locked up in the abyss waiting to be let go during the time of tribulation. It exists right now. It's spoken about in scripture. It's a real place, but it was not created for you and for me. In fact, how many of you understand this? God doesn't send anybody to hell. This is what the Bible says about God and his love. And this is what the Bible says about the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said, I have not come to condemn. By the way, how many of you are glad that in Christ there is no condemnation? I have not come to condemn, but I have come that you might have life. That you might have life. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to choose life. God doesn't send anyone to hell. We send ourselves to hell by rejecting the life that Jesus gives to us freely. God doesn't send anybody to hell. The wrath of God will be upon people who choose to remain in their sinful state and refuse to accept the salvation that Jesus died for, that he rose again for, and that he offers to us freely. And by the way, how many of you are glad our great God offers us salvation through his son freely? You don't have to belong to a certain church. You don't have to follow a list of rules. You don't have to look a certain way. All you have to do is humbly bow yourself before our Savior and repent of your sin and call out for his salvation. And how many of you are glad this evening that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved? And people like to shake their fist at God. How dare you create a hell for me? How dare you send me to hell? How dare you hate me that way? And God has never one time hated a single person. God hates sin. And he's angry with the wicked every day. But he didn't hate us. He loved us. In fact, he loved us so much that the Bible says he gave his only begotten son. So he wouldn't have to go to hell. 
so that we could have life through him. Can I ask you a question tonight? Do you believe hell is real? And if you believe hell is real, have you received life in the Lord Jesus Christ? You see, hell is a real place. It's spoken about in scripture. This rich man died and he lifted up his eyes in hell, the Bible says. Can I ask you a question tonight? When you die, what will you lift up your eyes and see? What will you lift up your eyes and behold? Will you be in heaven with your Savior? Or will you be like this rich man who lifted up his eyes in hell? You see, hell is real. Secondly, tonight, in this message from hell, we see that hell is impartial. Hell is impartial. There's a lot of people who think, I'm not going to hell, I'm good. They think, I'm not going to hell, I'm rich. I'm well-educated. And by the way, how many of you know education is the new God of this world today? Becoming enlightened with all of the wokeness that the world has. And somehow we'll be free from the chains and bonds that hold us back. No, how many of you understand it's only the truth that can set us free? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And so as we think about this, we see from this passage that hell is impartial. Hey, this man was a good man. This man was a rich man. There's a certain rich man. And he was clothed in purple and fine linen, and he fared sumptuously every day. doesn't say he was wicked. doesn't say that he was dishonest. It doesn't say that he was um, evil in any way. It just says he was a rich man. And by the way, this isn't a narrative about whether you have wealth or whether you don't have wealth. The point is, is hell is impartial. You can't buy your way out of hell. You can't educate yourself out of hell. You can't do enough good works in yourself or help the poor like Lazarus from the crumbs of your table and avoid hell. Hell is impartial. Hell will take anyone who does not receive life through the Lord Jesus Christ. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people who feel like because they're religious or feel that because they're good people or feel because they pay all of their taxes that they're going to heaven. And I want to let you know, hell is impartial. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, it doesn't matter how much of a pillar of the community you are without Jesus. Listen to me, folks. We are dead in our trespasses and sins. Without Jesus, we only have the filthiness of our own righteousness, which the Bible says is as filthy rags before God. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says that there is none that doeth good. There's none that doeth good. The only one that is good is Jesus. And he died for your sin and for mine. And if we receive him then we can be saved from God's wrath in hell and we can be with him throughout all eternity in heaven. Hell is real and hell is impartial. I don't know what you're counting on tonight other than Jesus thinking that you're going to go to heaven. Maybe you've got a very comfortable bank account. Maybe you've got a very comfortable retirement plan. Maybe you have a lot of people who speak well of you. Maybe you have a wonderful reputation in the community. But you can have all of that and listen to me tonight and still split hell wide open. You must know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Can I ask you a question tonight? If we could get to heaven by our own merits, 
why did Jesus have to come to earth and die for our sins? If we could get to heaven by our own account, why did the creator of the universe have to leave his home in glory and go to the cross and give his life for you and for me? You see, it is not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy that he has saved us. And you know what that does to all the religions of the world? It blows them out of the water because religion says do, but Jesus said done. It is finished in him. Somebody shout hallelujah about that tonight. You don't have to go to hell tonight because Jesus loved you and he paid the price for you. And you can receive him even this evening and you can have a home in heaven because of what our precious Savior has done for us. You see, hell is impartial. It'll take a rich person. It'll take a poor person. It'll take anyone who does not know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Another point in this message from hell is hell, listen to me, is full of torment. There are no bingo games in hell, folks. There's no Texas Hold'em in hell. There's no sitting around with your buddies and having some beers and talking about the good old days in hell. I want us to see what takes place when somebody ends up in hell. And I want us to see very descriptively from Scripture. And listen, if hell wasn't a real place, then in this story, we would not get the description that we're receiving about what hell includes. And I want us to look at this. Notice with me, verse number 20. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate, the rich man's gate, full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Now, a lot of people would call that hell. A lot of people would say, well, that's what hell is. It's what this, this Lazarus was going through. He had sores, and he was getting licked by dogs, and he was having to eat crumbs, and, and they think that's the extent of hell. But I want us to see how the Bible describes the real hell. Notice with me, verse number 22 and it came to pass that when the beggar died, that he was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. And notice, and he lifted up his eyes in hell, being in what, folks? In torment. Not in torment. Not in just one singular avenue of pain and fear and difficulty. You see, these torments were multiplied. And notice some of the things that this rich man had to deal with. Notice with me. Verse number 23. And seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. He cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus. And notice the torment he's in that he may just dip the tip of his finger in water to just cool my tongue. And notice, for I am tormented in this flame. Hell is hot. Hell is burning. Hell is full of fire. And it consumes the flesh. And it blisters. And it torments. Hell is real. And until we get a picture of what people will go through without Jesus, how can we begin to have the heart of the Savior who came and went through his own torment to die on a cross and to have his skin pierced and to have his brow beat and to be mocked and to be cruelly treated. And he did all of that because he didn't want us to go through this flame. Don't tell me hell's not real. It put my Savior on the cross for me and he was willing to go through all that torment to keep me from the real torment of hell. 
I don't know if you've ever burned yourself before. Man, that's painful. You know what will make me the biggest wimp and sissy of all is when I get a blister on my skin. How many of you ever reached into the oven and accidentally touched one of those hot, you know, shelves in the oven as you're pulling out cookies? It's always when I'm pulling out cookies. Those cookies get you in trouble in a lot of ways. I reached my hand in and, man, there was one time that I, I lifted up too quickly and I caught my wrist across one of those grates in the oven and, man, that stung. And how many of you know that pain doesn't go away? It lasts and it lasts and it lasts and it lasts. And I just want you to imagine being in a place that's full of that tormentuous flame that's consuming your body. I want you to think of the darkness that's specified in other places concerning hell and not being able to, to really fathom where you're at and to not really be able to understand the other screams that are around you, not to really be able to, to understand all of the torments that accompany this, this flame and this heat. This is what hell is. This is what it's described to us as from Scripture. And we think because we've seen a cartoon and we've seen some cartoon flames and we see some guy in a red leotard that seems to get through it just fine. And we watch some people playing cards over there in the corner that somehow hell isn't going to be all that bad. We can't even begin to fathom the torments that exist in this place of judgment called hell. Why is it so important for us as believers to have such a vivid picture, even though it's really disgusting to us? We don't like to think about it. You're, you're upset I'm preaching about it right now. I'm upset I'm preaching about it. How many of you do this upsets you? It upsets me to think about that there's a place like this that people go to that they will spend eternity in if they don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And the reason it should upset us is because it is real and it's a place that people don't have to go to and we need to be passionate about getting to people and letting them know that they don't have to go to hell but they can know a Savior who can take them to heaven. But we play games with hell. We're not serious about hell. We don't believe in the reality of hell. And I want you to know that Scripture is writing about a man who is in torment. And if you, if you just bring a drop of water and just for a moment ease a bit of my suffering. Think about that. Hell is full of torment. And that torment so occupies the mind of this man who was rich. He, he, I don't know. Maybe he never even had spoken with his brethren before. I don't even know if this guy was close to his family or not. I don't know. It doesn't say in this passage of Scripture. But I know the first thing that was on this guy's mind when he found himself in this torment with no relief is he said, don't let my brothers come here. And this really is the message from hell, from this man who went to hell, and it's one we would all do good to listen to tonight. And it's this, send out a witness. Send out a witness. Notice with me here what this man in hell says. Verse number 27, he finds out there's no relief I can have. So I pray you, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. If you can't send Lazarus to me, send him to my father's house. I've got five brethren. I don't want him to come here. This place is full of torment. Send somebody. Send somebody. 
You can imagine the screams, knowing he would never, ever, ever in a moment in his life ever have any relief from this pain, from this burning. His heart was filled with the thoughts of his brethren. And he said, send somebody. Of course, the answer to him was, we're not going to send somebody from where you're at. We're not going to send somebody from paradise. They have the words of the prophets. By the way, there's hope in that. There's hope in that. How many of you are glad that the word of God is still enough for people to get saved today? Maybe you're thinking in your mind right now, my brethren are never going to accept Christ. I wonder if you were burning in hell tonight, if maybe you'd be more passionate than my brethren, they'd never accept that. I know them. I know them. They, they, they'd never want to hear a gospel message. They'd never respond to the gospel. They, they, that's never going to happen for them. You know what? I had some relatives I thought that about before too. And then they got a place to their, in their life where they were close to death. And how many of you know your mind changes when you're close to death about some things? There's the old saying, there are no atheists in foxholes, right? A lot of people calling out for God who never darkened the door of a church before when they're going through trouble and trial. And here's this man in hell, and he's not worried about whether his brothers will receive it or not. He's not worried about whether some, he'll listen to somebody or not. All he wants is he wants a messenger to go. He wants a messenger to go. Send somebody, send somebody, send somebody. People do reject the truth. People in this world do say no to Jesus. But because people say no to Jesus, that shouldn't callous our heart to where we're not passionate to try to get the message out to people who need Jesus. And as we consider the millions of people, the millions of people all over this world, the hundreds of millions of people we're going to be focusing on this 1040 window at points during our missions conference where literally there are billions of people. Can you even comprehend that number, billions of people? How many of you have ever seen a full stadium before? How many of you, how many of you during this COVID time, you're like, hey man, these stadiums are getting packed out. Where are people in the churches today? I mean, you see gobs of people out everywhere. And when you see stadiums packed with people, can I tell you what? That's only a fraction of a number of the people who need Jesus. All over this world. All over this world. And maybe if we were this man in hell, and we were going through what this man in hell was going through, our hearts would be a little more stirred. Our hearts would be a little more burdened to say, you know what, I'm going to get serious about being part of God's great calling to get the gospel out to those I know and to those that I don't even know that I can't get to all over the world. You see, hell is real. Hell is impartial. Hell is full of torment. So send out a witness. Uh, it's uncomfortable for me, Pastor. I'm uncomfortable telling people about Jesus. I'm uncomfortable talking to people about hell. I'm, I'm comfortable talking to people about spiritual things. Let me ask you a question. If your neighbor's house was on fire tonight, wouldn't you go over there and at least ring the doorbell? If that fire was so real to you at your neighbor's house, wouldn't you at least go over there and knock on their door and sh shout out to them, there's a fire 
There's a fire, get out. There's a fire, get out. There's a fire, get out. And I think, I think that in many believers' hearts, until hell becomes so real to them, that sometimes that's what it's going to take for our hearts to be stirred in such a way that we're willing to go to our neighbor and say, there's a fire, get out. There's a fire, get out. Hell is real. But how many of you are glad God has made a way where we don't have to go there? And I hope you know Jesus Christ as your Savior tonight. If you don't, tonight could be the night that you trust Christ as your personal Savior. Do you know somebody tonight who doesn't know Jesus? Maybe you and your heart will become more passionate to pray for them, to witness to them, to invite them to church, to be that voice in their life that is the messenger from hell saying, the house is on fire, get out. Trust Christ, know him, he can save you.